Welcome to Fortress on a Hill. I'm Henry. I'm Danny. I'm Kagan. We're three leftist veterans that aim to expose the reality of the U.S. military's multiple wars abroad and to illuminate the damage military service does to Americans. American presidents throughout U.S. history have used American military and diplomatic power to force regime change of democratically elected governments around the world. Most veterans come from families vested in prior service, and American generals choose their own, ensuring diversity of thought never interferes with American warmongering. How can we stand by and do nothing while our military kills and destroys lives the world over, while telling Americans that all this death and destruction protects them from terrorists when nothing could be more false? Fortress on a Hill aims to change that. Eric Morris. Welcome to Fortress on the Hill. Thank you for coming to chat with me today about uh, Ukraine and Yemen. Well, thank you, Henry. Uh, originally, I was going to sort of be the third man for, with you having a discussion with an expert on environmental uh, problems caused by the U.S. military, but uh, he is engaged in, in continued uh, actual investigation, so we weren't able to talk to him, and it kind of brought up an idea because you asked if we could then maybe talk about environmental issues on our own. And I said, well, I don't really think I have enough expertise. So I was going to learn and I had some questions, but it, it made me think of kind of a lot of people have become experts maybe in Ukraine and Russia in the last couple of days or last couple of weeks and forgetting that there's been wars. It's just, I always think about the Yemen war that's been going ongoing and the U.S. has been tangentially involved for a while. And as you just pointed out, as we we're talking beforehand, President Biden did suggest that he was ending our involvement, but there's been no concrete factors there. So it was just intriguing to me the how I guess the man on the street, and I'm, I'm using myself as kind of the man on the street. I, I don't know anything about Yemen in here. I've gotten, I somewhat know a little bit about Ukraine now, but not enough to be an expert. So I figured we could talk about that. How, how does that happen? How to how do regular people become so engrossed in one issue while a similar issue is happening in a different place with similar circumstances? So I was uh, in one of my notes a little bit later on, I was, I was thinking about how that the, the, um, the mainstream American knowledge of U.S. military operations is so minimal and sporadic where it is actually thorough that if you're not someone that is actively looking for it chances are you're probably not going to find it and if you do right. find it the ordinary state department denials and obstructionism mm -hmm. you're like okay our government says it's cool i guess we can i guess it's freaking cool you know no problem right <laughs> um but yeah if you if you step back just a little bit number one of course that that um, as always on Fortress on a Hill, history did not begin yesterday and it did not begin earlier this month yes. uh, with all these other, other steps. There's a lot of history that has to be taken in with this and, um, and that history for other conflicts and not even just recent conflicts, ongoing ones, but ones in the past are, are given the same obstructionism. They're, they're, they're revised to, be as blase and as America friendly as, as mm -hmm. humanly possible. Um, but yeah, no, going back to what you said about, you know, Biden mentioning the, the saying that he was going to end the war. He is, uh, 
13 months, 14 months mm -hmm. into his mm -hmm. presidency. Um, a very minimal amount of work on the military's part, it would be to end that. Yes, it would not make the Saudis happy, but it would at least remove American um, hands from the from the the levers there. Mm -hmm. But even still, they had earlier in the um, earlier in the administration, um, you know, they said that they were going going to end it, and then they made these very little milk toast mm -hmm. choices. You know, removing this personnel or what I don't recall specifically about about how that mm -hmm. happened, but I knew it was bullshit, so it didn't, it didn't mm -hmm. really make a difference. <laughs> um, and then on the other hand, now we're, we're five, uh, six days into the uh, crisis in Ukraine and the front page of antiwar.com is absolutely covered in mm -hmm. some mainstream media, but a lot of other alternative media on what's happening. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to see how many more articles, videos, everything is entirely about Ukraine, and I'm not putting mm -hmm. this on anywar.com. They're mm -hmm. they're wonderful. They just pass on some of the media's swill, so we understand right. what's right. been going on. Um, but you just see it, and I, it's, it's just gaping. I I, mm -hmm. I gasped the other day when I opened it. My wife was like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, <laughs> "I mean, it it's just so sad because this should this should be the reaction whenever there is mm -hmm. a major American foreign policy." involvement change this should happen mm -hmm. and the mainstream yeah. media should fill up antiwar.com again with stuff about those mm -hmm. places yemen mm -hmm. iraq syria um and it doesn't it, it just it just entirely avoids the question or yeah. again if the question's brought up it's given them you know a very milk toast generic neoliberal mm -hmm. answer to it um what was the other thing i was gonna jump to I mean, one, one thing, I, I read Twitter to get some of my information. Obviously, it's semi-unfiltered, but I, I've noticed there are a lot of these Ukraine flags on people's profiles. I don't know if I've ever, or I've come across, at least in my Twitter feed, uh, uh, Yemen flags or Houthi flags or the Royal Saudi Arabian flag, any of these to kind of indicate which views people have that are in the United States or in Western Europe or toward the war in Yemen. So it's, it, that's one way that is just kind of an easy way to say, there's something interesting deeper going on here that I, that I don't understand. I don't, and I was thinking about this before is that I don't think you can, if maybe New Zealand and Australia got in a war, at least I speak English, they speak English. So I could kind of understand that the, the language, but we can't use that excuse for Yemen or for Ukraine, because I don't speak Russian or Ukraine or the Ukrainian dialect. So I can't blame it on my inability to understand the language. So is there something deeper there? I, I don't Is it because the United States is supporting the Saudis in Yemen that, and that Saudis are ostensibly our allies or, or partners? And is it vice versa? And is that why? Is that is there that bias there from the media, from people on Twitter, from the general public. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's where ordinary Americans kind of live and breathe. Um, and the the um, the hypocrisy is astounding. The the meme I saw that I thought was the the most effective one so far was a it was a side by side picture of two animated hands, and each one was holding a Molotov cocktail. Mm. On one side, 
it had a Ukrainian flag and said, mm-hmm. good. And on the other <laughs> side, it was covered with a Palestinian flag and it said that. Right. And so, it, and, and that is, that is literally where it is. You know, mm-hmm. the, the United States will turn and defend somebody who is some of the worst human rights abusers in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I lost, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Well, the palace, uh, right, that we're, we're supporting or we're condemning the Molotov cocktail or even the, 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 um, the rock thrower in Palestine mm-hmm. against one of, certainly one of the most capable armies in the world, Israeli army, and versus a Molotov cocktail. And based on what we've known from five or six days in this Ukraine invasion, it, is Russia a paper tiger? I don't, I mean, it's hard to filter through or is it holding back or it, I don't know the answer to that. I don't think a lot of people know the answer to that, but people are willing to jump to conclusions depending on kind of their view toward this situation. Certainly, certainly. Yeah, there's there's a I don't want to I don't want to poke at this too much, but there's a there's a tendency of of some on the anti-war left to whoever the opposite of the U.S. is to be a little too indulging. Ooh, and I yeah. think that we're seeing some of that now. It's it, it it's you know it, it's not it's uh, generally speaking we kind of police our own and and those kind of those kind of thoughts usually get get hemmed out pretty fast. But it's it's certainly um, emblematic of the of the cognitive dissonance between our own anti-war mm-hmm. left in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a few quotes here I wanted to read just to kind of give a little more context. Um, first, we're going to start with a quote from uh, Representative Ilhan Omar from uh, Twitter. Um, quote, reminder of the kind of rhetoric non-white refugees have had to endure our entire lives, even after we've been given asylum and become citizens. Every news anchor and world leader doing this is calling black and brown people something other than human. 100% on the ball um, that, that we, we are fully capable of recognizing mm-hmm. all everyone in the world as human, and yet we deliberately choose not to and allow our government to get away with sanctioned murder against those people mm-hmm. in the name of, of freedom or yeah. corporatism or lots of, lots of, lots of other things, hypercapitalism, yeah. however we want to mm-hmm. call it. All right. Um, so here's one's going to make, make you a little, a little mad, but it's definitely kind of part of the mainstream view here. Um, this is from Thomas Friedman at the New York times more than one pro- professional observer has characterized this as the beginning of a new era. where the meaning of cyber warfare extends to what's happening on the ground. Um, this is the, uh, it'll be the first world be covered on TikTok by super empowered individuals armed only with small phones, smartphones. So acts of brutality will be documented and broadcast worldwide without any editors or filters. Um, you've never seen this play before, end quote. Ooh. So I, I would want to ask Mr. Friedman here, what about the super empowered individuals armed only with small smartphones who have been in Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, right. um, Lebanon, um, Yemen, Somalia? Um, are they not given the same breadth and width in terms of what they're trying to t- change? In terms of they're trying to go after these conflicts that affect their the their countrymen, the people that, in the places that they're from. 
And that's uh, what I was talking about a little bit earlier. Is it's, I don't think it's the it can't we can't use the language excuse. Because no, there's there's no language excuse I, here. No, I, and that's but as, so the cultural. I, there's no I can't I can't understand why from any. There's nothing delineating that says why. Now I could understand under if the Quebecois and the rest of Canada started fighting, we're much closer, so it'd be much easier for us to kind of feel that in some ways but all these conflicts you just mentioned are far distant from us so it's not like we have this hard and ready grasp of what's happening on the ground or, or know the the battlefield that well where quite a few americans have been to canada and been to quebec they would understand what's happening there but we can't use that excuse on these other wars because I've never been. Do you know anybody that's been to Ukraine? I, I very know very few. I know um, a few Ukrainians, but they've never really dispensed their knowledge of the of the landmass and how how you would fight a battle. So that it's nothing where it's this understanding, at least for me, of why it's easier to get engaged in this particular conflict versus many other horribly tragic conflicts. And coming back to right, I've seen plenty of videos from different social media platforms from these other wars. I guess he wasn't. Was he not looking? Does he? Or is he? Does he not know? Or willfully ignorant? What? What's? Does editor? He's got an editor at the New York Times. Does the editor check that? I don't know. Yeah, there's a guy I follow named Hakeem on uh, on YouTube, who is a physician who lives in Baghdad. Mm-hmm. And he's usually really, really busy, and sometimes it takes a long time for him to post new videos and stuff. But in terms of, you know, it, I he he and he he um, videos about socialism and and mm-hmm. like questions about it and stuff. And it's like, is 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 the only way that we're willing to interpret new information, harsh information, is because we can put a white face on it? Is Oof. that we can we can we can add that add that to it? And also is that, you know, that if our news media actually spent more time on, you know, these, these non-Ukraine wars or Middle mm-hmm. Eastern wars, um, terror wars, Africa, for mm-hmm. example, that, you know, the, the, absent, the absence of common knowledge wouldn't be so stark here because people would mm-hmm. be taking the time to compare and kind of a little more mm-hmm. apples to apples, at least to what happened between those two different countries. Because like you said, there's there's... For, for the individual, there's a lot of questions, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of questions as to whether or not you're missing things, if there are things mm-hmm. that are the big slices of what you're going through and whether or not it's actually valid. Um, mm-hmm. That's one of the things I, um, I love about Danny is that he, because he knows so much and has so much history, that usually that, that can dispel those kind mm-hmm. of things because I'm always right. asking questions like that. And, um, but, but, yeah, it's, it's about Americans their foreign policy naivete about knowing almost mm-hmm. nothing and, and ignorance right. and it's a weaponized ignorance because mm-hmm. it, it creates situations where we have to spend however much time looking on on youtube facebook mm-hmm. twitter of you know stand for ukraine be mm-hmm. there for ukraine support the people of ukraine mm-hmm. and i'm not saying that we shouldn't i'm not saying that any of those statements are bad on their own correct right, but right. when they are used as a wedge or a cudgel to say these people lives have value in this war mm-hmm. and these people lives don't have value in this other war even though the circumstances are quite similar 
So last quote. Uh, since you brought, oh, sorry. Oh, since you ahead, brought up Danny, ahead. it reminds me of history. And I was just thinking of uh, the America, much of it, the land territory has come from something very similar to what Russia is horribly doing right now. It's much mm -hmm. bigger land tour, territory, the Mexican war. And, and Abraham Lincoln, as a young congressman, did this spot resolution. If, if the president can show me the spot where this, this, they took fire, the Americans took fire from the, the Mexicans, then I might support this war. But if he's not willing to show me that spot, then I'm not willing to engage in this war. Um, certainly Spanish-American war, the, the situation in Hawaii. Um, and it, it doesn't, it, none of this is help, helping Americans try to reflect or get a deeper understanding of our own history. And that's, and that's I think, a problem too, is it maybe uh, uh, what Russia's doing is wrong. What America did was wrong in the same way in 1846. Um, let us make sure that we don't attempt that again. I, mean, I was just joking about Quebec, but to prevent something like that, to, to take over Toronto in five years because Toronto becomes somewhat aligned with uh, with a, a different foreign power than we prefer. So, but it, but it, yeah, but 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 at least there would be there would be the the you know at least at least them being our neighbors allows us to 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 say that you know to say that we have we have some interest in what happens there. But also is that, you know, with, even with our neighbors, you know, most people have no concept of what our southern border looks like. No. They have no concept of our real foreign policy as it pertains to Mexico, Latin America, South America, mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, yeah, the, the, the war on drugs is still very much alive. And, um, mm -hmm. but, it, but, you know, that, that <laughs> in some ways that's almost more instructive than uh, our foreign wars in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. look, look at the very edges of our mm -hmm. country today and how aggressive we are in defending them. I don't mm -hmm. consider what we do at the border necessary for self-defense. Mm -hmm. um, it just has to do with American racism. Mm -hmm. So a uh, quote here from the um, Arab and Middle East Journalists Association. Um, the organization condemns and categorically rejects Orientalist and racist implications that any population or country is uncivilized mm -hmm. or bears uh, economic factors that make it worthy of conflict. This type of commentary reflects the pervasive mentality in Western journalism of normalizing tragedy in parts of the world, such as the Middle East, Africa, South Asia, and Latin America. It dehumanizes and renders their experience with war as somehow normal and expected. Mm -hmm. Newsrooms must not make comparisons that weigh the significance or imply justification of one conflict over another. Civilian casualties and displacement in other countries are equally as abhorrent as they are in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. it, it, that kind of brings me back to my childhood because it, uh, with the Soviet Union, there certainly was a, a, a Cold War, but th there was also somewhat of a racial undertone or overtone to those people of the far eastern edges of yeah, Europe. Against, are they, against are Slavs, they, Slavs? Yeah, are, are they are they real? Yeah. Are they real Europeans like us? So can mm -hmm. we? dislike them more and now since ukrainians and russians are so closely uh, culturally similar it's hard to get that wedge going but i wouldn't be surprised if something along those lines start creeping up is that the the ukrainians are the the good eastern europeans and the 
Russians. There's a difference, and we got to watch out for that too. I mean, if if this, especially if this drags on longer than today, which hopefully, God willing, it ends today. Who knows? But (laughs) I'm not there. I don't know. But um, um, that's something we need to keep an eye out. And that's with that the the quote you just had could help us understand or think about that a little deeper further on this goes this particular this particular war in uh and going back to what it it, it mentioned about uh normalizing tragedy you know mm-hmm. dehumanization and war is somehow normal and expected i mm-hmm. i think about that in reference to our country's uh i wouldn't say nostalgia but kind of um um in terms of 9-11, as, as mm-hmm. the event I want to talk about, is that, it, it, of, of course, we have where people, you know, have history began that uh, it began on 9-11. We talk, we right. talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the, 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 the idea that ordinary Americans have about 9-11 is it, it, it sees a tragedy that is dwarfed by other tragedies around the world that are caused by our own government. Mm-hmm. By the choice to say that 9/11 was the the worst, the nastiest, the the mm-hmm. you know the the affront that we consider it to be, mm-hmm. we end up dehumanizing people who have been through similar tragedies, mm-hmm. usually in much much greater numbers, because we consider this one day and the deaths that came from that day right. as certifiably unique, mm-hmm. um, in some way that allows us to separate ourselves out. Um, I'm not. I'm not defending or or condoning anything that happened on on 9/11, but it is you know that the 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 biggest thing is to try to take fact and turn it into myth, mm-hmm. and how you know that this fits right in line with how the U.S. has uh, has done things for a long time. That the, mm-hmm. you know that Americans and American choices, American policy to choices choices are considered categorically good. Mm-hmm. And non-American choices are considered categorically bad. Yeah. Um, and we we have to really we really have to jump into those those questions because, um, like you mentioned about the about the Slavs, is that the in terms of we know that white nationalists have played a role in what's happened in in Ukraine, have contributed to the violence, were mm-hmm. helped participate in the uh, in the coup in 2014. That's something mm-hmm. we haven't gone back to yet. Is about the right. about the coup. Wait, um, that, that that happened for real? Mm-hmm. No, I'm just, no I'm just, I mean that's kind of the it started. I thought it was last week it started. Everything was peaceful until then. Yep. There, there wasn't a there wasn't a, a, a low war going on in the eastern part of Ukraine for the last eight years. But people need to, people need to get their heads around, and this is something that is a, a, a kind of a continuing theme for the podcast is that we've we've said for a long time we never run out of subjects to talk about, mm-hmm. we never run out of commentary about American foreign policy mm-hmm. in the world. This circumstance, this this new offensive in Ukraine, it really really requires people to get out their their garden shears and go to their newspapers and really decide what they see truth from from fiction um and and i I say that it's especially hard right now because of the volume of the Mm -hmm. news that those things get in more and more and more and and our 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 
our, hor- our horrific former president, Donald Trump, often mentioned that the more times a lie is repeated, the more mm-hmm. people start to believe it or start to have doubts about their beliefs if their mm-hmm. beliefs differ from the lie. So it's going to be it's going to be a slog for people trying to go through this, trying to understand um, who uh, who is at fault mm-hmm. um, and and what's really happening on the ground. Um, you know, I I, <laughs> um, I don't think you know like Zelensky. I have respect for him. I think he, he seems he seems like a like a decent person, but I have no desire to make him seem like a hero. I have no desire to hold him up as some shining standard that the world mm-hmm. can look at or Americans can look at mm-hmm. and say this is who our what our leaders should look like because I know that that's a false picture. It's in, entirely mm-hmm. a, a, a straw man meant to to distract us that much longer. And, and eventually that's what they want. They want people to get tired. They want mm-hmm. them to get tired of having to, I have to look for alternative, you know, media. Mm-hmm. I have to look for interviews where mm-hmm. people said things and the media mm-hmm. wants you to forget about it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it is an exhausting kind of grind at times, but it is an absolutely needed struggle. And if uh, listeners, if you're, if, um, if you're going through that and you ever have questions you want to throw out at us, we're always willing to, to take a stab at them to try to, you know, just, and especially kind of to point you're in the right direction. There are a lot of times I, I won't be able to grab on to the biggest factors of something because I just can't study that much with different issues I have, but I do have those questions and I will, you know, and, and part of it is bugging people like mm-hmm. myself, Eric, Danny, mm-hmm. Kagan, to, to, you know, say what we think, say, you know, and give us, give people that point in the direction and say, I'm, I'm moving in this direction. I don't have a specific target yet or an understanding, you know, and also, um, except like I have to accept that there is no way of truly knowing a hundred percent that the, the, the things we talk about, the commentary that we give, that it is a, um, it is very much our personal opinions. You know, mm-hmm. we certainly throw our experiences in it. You know, I'm somebody who studies a lot of anti-war texts and, and news and what whatever I can get my get my hands on. But people have blind spots. People have mm-hmm. gaps in their knowledge where things would have seemed different had they mm-hmm. known stuff otherwise. Um, that's something we've we've dealt with before as well. That the um, you know uh, Danny and I all all sometimes he'll tell a story. And be like, I don't, I never done, I never knew the army did anything like that. No experience <laughs> with that. I, and, right. it, and, and that's the, that's the thing is that, you know, the, the compartmentalization of all the different mm-hmm. topics that are needed to understand, I mean, military people are compartmentalized anyways, but the, mm-hmm. but once you get out, you have to, you have to be willing to get rid of that kind of thinking. You have mm-hmm. to be unwilling to say, here is the end of my knowledge and I'm not going to worry past mm-hmm. this line because I know enough. Or I get right. it, or I've seen something else like it. Well, maybe you have, but do you really know? And are you willing to take the time to talk and ask questions and read and and do all those things to know? Um, I have a qu- question for you. Shoot. So, on did you hear about the the ghost of Kiev, mm-hmm. the the fighter pilot? Yep, I was and talking to my you, wife about it yesterday. Yeah, and so I mean, this is an easy one to just talk about. But what was your initial reaction when you saw anything about that? How did you react to that? I mean, it's a it's a neato rah rah military kind of story, but I immediately was like bullshit. 
I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I, I, you can't tell me that everything about what they're saying is correct. And of course, the ghost of 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 Kiev. Um, people have names. Tell me, uh, who's this pilot? Who is right? I, uh, this is you know, how, you know, you 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 have a moniker that could be ascribed to any excuse me ascribed to any person. And then you don't tell enough people, but th that's the thing is that once the bombs drop, people stop caring. Mm -hmm. It really is, you know, and, and they know how the American people takes in war, mm -hmm. but it has to be, be pro America. So right. those feel good stories. There was mm -hmm. one a few days ago about a Ukrainian model. I want to say she was the winner of a Miss Ukraine or competed mm -hmm. in Miss Ukraine. Although I, I think that that competition doesn't actually, actually exist. <laughs> But anyways, oh, wow. there was a, a picture of her in a bikini, and immediately mm -hmm. next to that was a picture of her holding an M4, um, mm -hmm. you know, not battle rattle specifically. She didn't mm -hmm. have body armor on and stuff, but looking like she's going to a fight. Mm -hmm. the, the the thing is, is that you take one, number one, uh, weapons we're supplying are AKs. We're not, yeah, we're, not handing, we're not yeah. handing out AR-15s or M4s. Right. to the people over there mainly because that's what they use that's what they fight with right. um the other thing is that because they're not in nato <laughs> that's that's exactly <laughs> the other thing about it is that one as a as a somebody who served um in the army went to iraq twice you could easily glance at it and know that it's not military issue it looks mm. expensive as hell which mm -hmm. makes no sense for people mm -hmm. in Ukraine. And if somebody managed to get their hands on this kind of weapon and had ammunition for it, um, that it would look like that. I mean, it was, mm -hmm. it was, it was a really nice rifle. And so it's like immediately, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. doesn't pass the smell test. Mm -hmm. And, but they want all those little, those little teardrops from all these little news sources to come together. They want mm -hmm. the memes, the memes and the articles and the videos and the Ukraine good, Russian bad mm -hmm. to, you know, to permeate itself enough times. So mm -hmm. we're following that Trump rule of saying the lie as right. often as we can, for as many reasons as we can, we attach it to feminism, we attach it to, you know, maybe trying to protect minorities, but whatever, whatever it is, we're just, it's just about America good, mm -hmm. other side bad, you know, right. and, and while, while we're discussing this, this isn't so much on our media topic anymore, but how is it that we accept the crushing of Russia's economy, like it's only going to fall on its elite? <laughs> I, I, have we not figured anything out from we we have a, an example in cuba where we've mm -hmm. been doing this for 60 years i pretty sure the cuban communist party that we're supposedly uh affecting were not affected by it we have a specific example close to us where it the sanctions fall on the little people it's not mm -hmm. it's not on the oligarchs with the yachts or the leader but putin's not going to miss a meal no, Putin, Putin is not going to miss a private jet flight. I, I, whoever these people, they're, if they want to go skiing in Sochi, they'll go skiing in Sochi. It's the little people that are going to get messed up here. And we've, we know this. We, we've seen it with our own eyes. We, I, I, how people in America can't think of Cuba immediately and say, has it worked? But again, we still have a sanctioned regime against Cuba. So I guess, I guess we don't really know. Maybe we, maybe we think it'll eventually work whatever work actually means in that sense.
podcast is supported in a few different ways. First, there's Patreon, where we're blessed to have an array of wonderful supporters, helping the guys and I pay for some of the podcast's expenses. Those who contribute $10 a month or more will be mentioned right here as an honorary producer, helping keep you, our listeners, stocked with new episodes. But you don't have to contribute $10 a month to help us. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help keep us going, paying for hosting and storage fees, transcribing old and new episodes, promoting and expanding the podcast, and more I'm sure I can't think of at the moment. So let's bring out our honorary producers, and they are Fahim Shirazi, James Obar, Adam Bellows, Eric Phillips, Paul Appel, Julie Dupree, Thomas Benson, Janet Hansen, Tristan Oliver, Daniel Fleming, Michael Karen, Zach H., Ren Jacob, Howard Reynolds, Why I Am Anti-War Podcast, Scott Spaulding, Kenneth Cordasco, Korgoth, and the Status Quo Podcast. Your contributions are wonderfully helpful to us. Thank you so much. However, if Patreon isn't your style, you can contribute directly to us through PayPal at paypal.me forward slash Fortress on a Hill. Or please check out our awesome store on Spreadshirt.com for some great Fortress merch. The link is in the show notes. And now, let's get back to the podcast. But sanctions are, are one of those things that is, it's really hard to explain to ordinary people what they are. That you're telling me that a country on the other side of the world enacted specific rules so you can't use their currency even though they're the, the, the monetary giant of the world. You mm-hmm. can't use their currency. You can't buy certain things. These specific rich people are, are put mm-hmm. to the side f- for it. And, and then you end up seeing effects like what happens in Venezuela with medicine shortages. Yep. Um, you know, how many, the, the, uh, the 500,000 excess, excess deaths that of uh, children in Iraq oh, during I know. the second half of the Clinton administration and um, Madeleine Albright's assertion yeah, that yeah. we consider it to be worth it. Oh, yes. It, and they know that stories like that, if they make it to ordinary people, they just make us want to mentally vomit everywhere mm-hmm. because it's just so abhorrent. But we've been, we've been conditioned for so long to think America doesn't do that. America yep. just wants the best. And mm-hmm. you, yeah, no power that's actively going after another country can, can say that can say, cause they, um, that's one thing that I think that the military should actually end up changing over time on a, on the way to a smaller military, hopefully is that any country that our military is in, its number one mission is the protection of civilians. Mm-hmm. That it actually it's on paper, that they're <laughs> trained to do it. And and again, I, I'm not I'm 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 not saying that should be an excuse for us to go and do anything. Mm-hmm. But the point is is that that should be if, if we're going to live up to the myth, that's mm-hmm. the myth we need to live up to. And and we don't. It, it, but it's it's embedded, it's ingrained, it's a part of Americans. Um and it really requires those uh, those critical questions. No. Nope. Um, so I uh, uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Eric. Uh, there, uh, interesting history would be when this Ukraine 
conflict is over is to because there's some propaganda whether it's factual or not but the, the word from russia side is that they're limiting their engagement in the civilian areas or at least they're trying to suggest that but who knows because we don't i don't know but it will be interesting to see compare kind of the, the russian battle tactics five years from now to American battle tactics in Baghdad and Ramadi and Fallujah, places we've been, and Kabul, and see that, did, what were they lying, which is a 100% distinct possibility, and they're slaughtering civilians, and we just don't know that to the extent yet, or that they actually did attempt something, maybe they learned from our horrible mistakes in the Middle East, that's not a way to win over a population. But who knows, it'd be interesting to, to to track that over time. I'm, <clears throat> I'm thinking of in terms of what the, what the actual American ground presence is there. We have to know mm. that, you know, that, I mean, CIA and mm. essentially special ops guys. I, I, I don't know exactly, but over time, there's a distinct possibility that Ukraine could go in the vein of Syria in that we may end up sending some stupid organization like the White Helmets to, uh, you know, you know, to create to create all of that content that says mm -hmm. they're good people. We're you know mm -hmm. we're supporting them because they're good people. Mm -hmm. You know, and all and, and and it does. It really it really creates this emotional barrier that you have to go through to understand this stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. and, and and also to have a a deeper and a more significant understanding of suffering. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't want anybody to be hurt in this conflict whatsoever, whether it's armed sanctions, whatever it happens mm -hmm. to be. Yeah. Um, but we, like you said, we have to, we have to consider the facts on the ground when we're dealing with that far, far past the propaganda of either side. And yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. We, we won't know the full outcome of this for years, you know, mm -hmm. but that is, that's something else that we, we need to adapt from our, studies of the Middle East and our experiences mm. there. Um, crap, what did I just say? The we learn from the, the our studies of the, or our experiences oh, in the Middle East. And, that warfare requires years to store, study. And when I say yeah. warfare, I mean a specific war. Mm -hmm. That, you know, our, our uh, American forces entered Iraq on March 19, 2003. And it's, you know, we're still getting stuff put forward from back then. You have mm -hmm. you know, people, journalists doing FOIA requests and mm -hmm. declassification of certain files. No war is 100% knowable right when it launched. Not weeks, right. not years, sometimes not even decades before we actually fully understand what the damage was, if there's environmental destruction, mm -hmm. you know, how did sanctions actually play a role? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it, it the, these, um, Sorry, I'm, 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 having, I'm having so much brain fog today. Um, well, I, yeah, I mean, that's it's it. I, I, my, our, my one of my favorite high school history teachers always said history really you can't write until 50 years after the fact because all, yeah. all the rest is kind of the first draft. And then you can and now certainly within a few years, you can get a better sense. But we, we shouldn't be jumping. I think our larger point is people like Tom Friedman or, or, or the Twitterati or whoever shouldn't be jumping to conclusions either way because we don't have enough if we don't actually have good actionable information we personally not. there might be russian units that have actionable information and ukrainian units and ukrainian civilians but it, we're not getting that and nor should we expect it in a, in a way and it's kind of odd in this war we expect so much information so instantaneously 
when there's people shooting at each other and killing each other. And technically the United States really isn't like you just suggested, isn't really involved. So um, why do we even have that expectation here if we're not directly involved type thing? Yeah. But so we should, so specifically because of that, we should probably take a more nuanced position of let's, let's think through these things if we're going to discuss this so much. And it seems like it is being discussed so much. In fact, we're discussing it right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, it, it does. There was a, I, I forgot to paste it in here, but there was a good quote from uh, Mehdi Hassan talking mm -hmm. about this, this comparison between mid, the Middle East wars and what's happening in Ukraine. And, and you know, they're, they're, they're not the only, you know, the things that I just shared are, these are not the only journalists that have spoken mm -hmm. up about this. And this is in the first five days of the, <laughs> of the actual offensive. So over time, potentially, this could become much more known to people. Mm -hmm. um will it will people will it, people have the chance to actually know that i i don't know but um i mean i have a hypothesis is that if if it goes poorly for ukraine and so the u.s fails in propping up or, or saving ukraine it might go off the the newspapers and we'll forget about it mm -hmm. and even if there are still major mop-up operations where people are still getting killed but if it, it, it that's what i'm afraid of is that is this almost this this push because there's hope for the United States foreign policy position to win, but if it starts losing and it's clear or fairly clear, it just, just drops go, out of the headlines. Does it just grow, go away? Do we forget who Zelensky was? Do we forget that there was a ghost of Kiev, or do we forget that we changed pronunciation from Kiev to Kiev? Uh, and do we analyze why? that happened so suddenly i've no, i personally i've never heard it pronounced otherwise so that's why i've gone with yeah but um that is, is a switch a light switch of always oh, say the other we say keith and oh, okay well i just learned something that's interesting to learn but it's I, that suddenly popped into my brain where I, my understanding is ukraine has existed a lot longer than i have <laughs> Well, it's, it's it's interesting that we've we've been so um, the filter through which we look at Russia as one of our one of our foes has just you know it's it's just so thick in terms of the you know it's not quite racist against Slavs mm -hmm. but almost you know right. and 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 they know that there's you know that that Americans for the most part are divided very broadly as opposed to by the actual places they come from you know if somebody's mm -hmm. irish scots or somebody's from britain mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. where it, where it happens to be that these days it's much more general you know people mm -hmm. don't have a good understanding of their culture or where mm -hmm. those kind of things come from and so that means that the uh the ostensibly white people of of uh of russia are seen as no different mm -hmm. and it's just because the of this ignorance about um us looking at the colors of, of people's skin as opposed to their actual experience in life and mm -hmm. where they've where they've been from um and you're right i think that i think that over time people will will go back to reanalyze stuff about you know stories about families being caught mm -hmm. uh, stories about resistors lying down in front of tanks which which mm -hmm. sounds great yeah. and if it's proven cool right but wow. I, I, but but every single one of these dots has to be proven mm -hmm. before it's it's something that we consider within our our group of statistics, you know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not guessing, uh, guess and check. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the Western media wants it to seem that way. They want it to seem very simple. They want it to mm -hmm. seem linear. 
not you know not understandable by 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 anybody especially mm -hmm. by people that grew up in the cold war or in the shadow mm -hmm. of the cold war because yeah. it fits right in with uh with uh, anti-communism mm -hmm. and being uh russophobes and all all of mm -hmm. those kind of things so um one thing that i think about is is so it seems like if if somebody is shelled and there's a whether it's inadvertent or a, a intentional shelling from Russia, it kills a civilian in Ukraine. That's a, a tragedy. It's something that you can see distinctly. But they're coming back to Yemen. The United States is helping Saudi Arabia help ensure <laughs> that there's a cholera epidemic amongst children <laughs> from Yemen, and we know so little about it. And that the death of that child is as tragic as the death of that innocent ukrainian civilian and mm -hmm. we don't hear that but it's still a death and in some ways i, I mean it's, a cholera death sounds more agonizing than a sudden death from a from an explosion absolutely i, I mean and so they're all both tragic they're both horrible but at least as far as we know the united states has a direct hand in that cholera epidemic or it did until joe biden or president biden said differently but we don't really know if we've helped ameliorate that situation. And it seems like we would actually be able to end that tragedy by putting pressure on our ostensible ally, Saudi Arabia, to end it. And we are not doing that. While but why why we don't think in those terms, it's it's hard to get your mind around. But I, it's good that people like you talk about it. So thank you. Um yeah the uh, the war powers resolution that was vetoed by President Trump, you know, that, that we have, I mean, it's possible. It's it, it, people, you know, congressmen sometimes want to make it seem insurmountable for a, a war powers resolution to go through, or even just for a strong debate on whether or not it should, it should continue, continue going on. But um, the ignorance of uh, Americans ignorance about, about, uh, conflicts exactly like Yemen mm -hmm. is is what they count on to be able to continue doing it. Mm -hmm. um, think about how quickly Afghanistan faded into the, the back yeah. of the headlines once the evacuation yeah. was done. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, it may have gotten a tiny bit more play because of that horrendous drone strike in, in the, that yeah. ended up killing all those, uh, all those innocent Af Afghans. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and, so we it's forgotten history. And, it is, it's, it's, and we were we were the actual country engaged in that one. Yep. No, we weren't just doing sanctions or other stuff. We were right. yeah, we had our guys actually dropping bombs, refueling jets, um, assisting with intelligence, even a special mm -hmm. ops component at different mm -hmm. points, depending on which time you're you're talking about. So, watch out, Ukrainian people. But the United States might drop you like a hot potato. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, no, it, it will it will happen eventually once mm -hmm. once it has has uh, once it has had the maximum amount of value sucked out of it. Yeah, yeah it it will it will recede from the headlines and yeah. um <laughs> and also the the it, 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 it's not funny but it is funny is about that the the commentators talking about Ukraine as some kind of bastion of peace. Mm clearly didn't read much about it in World War II, you know, or other, you know, during the Cold War. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it's, it's like, it's just entirely forgotten, not even the context, but to mm -hmm. say it, just to say that, yeah, we fought these communists for this long, and mm -hmm. yeah, it happened. Right. I, it's, it, 
that's not Costa Rica where they don't have an army. They've not been involved in wars. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not even Switzerland. That was that was really disappointing to see Switzerland being willing to give up uh, give up what or was it weapons or something else? I can't uh, remember what it was. They, they claim they've given up neutrality because they, they're yep. freezing assets. Yep. But I, I, my skeptical side says, well, Switzerland is as controlled by the United States as anybody else is now, and that they're not gonna they're not gonna fight the issue like they did for so long. Neutrality. Yeah. neutrality by other countries in the in the world is absolutely an incredibly powerful way mm-hmm. for them to put their thumbs on the scale of the American mm-hmm. war machine um, yeah. and granted these days because it is it you do get such blowback from the well it's not really blowback but such uh, retribution from the American side of things mm-hmm. that it really for other countries it really has to be weighed am I willing to go through this am I willing right. to actually you know buck the system and Mm -hmm. we talked about earlier we have place you know venezuela cuba there are so many places that have just been eaten alive between Mm -hmm. u.s sanctions and foreign foreign Mm -hmm. policy choices um i can understand wanting to go along to get along you know being the president want my people to live you know just to Mm -hmm. just to keep on going how do i how do i do anything to make that happen in the face of this giant monster Mm-hmm. Um, and usually a giant monster that is affecting that country's friends to the right or left. Mm-hmm. So they're getting pinched in that way as well. I, to, I mean, a, a concrete example of going along is it, in Indiana, the state uh, House of Representatives voted 100 to zero to support sanctions on Ukraine. One, what does that have to really do with? Indiana would affect does it have, but the, the idea that it's a hundred to we're hundred to zero, sorry, it, or is it just to go along? So have you, if, is there somebody out there that says maybe this is not the best thing? Maybe sanctions don't really work, and we shouldn't really be voting on this in Indiana. But what is was one person or two people are they willing to kind of stand up or just be like Switzerland and say, yeah, there's no harm. I'm I'm only I won't get attacked for actually trying to be thoughtful. And if you tried to come up with a thoughtful explanation of, well, do you hate Ukraine, the, the initial, uh, do you hate Ukraine or something? And that that's probably what some, if, if anybody had a dissenting view on the Indiana House representatives, representatives acting that way. But is that, is Switzerland's kind of like, well, I, that's, not, that's not a fight I want to have right now. Um, <clears throat> alongside, um items like the uh the donation that uh the south dakota governor made for those national guard guys to mm-hmm. uh, i can't remember what i think it was texas that a, a a private funder a private donor had um funded for i don't remember how many it was two dozen maybe three dozen national guard soldiers to go to the southern border mm-hmm. um we're seeing a lot more and more um, state governments jumping in right in line with the U.S. government position, and mm-hmm. it it does. I mean, it, it goes back to what we were talking about about being a counterweight. Is that that's how we're supposed to control unruly federal government, aren't we? Mm-hmm. The states are supposed to act as a as a counterbalance, and also is that so, in some states it's able to be a, a greater issue. I know uh, Dan McKnight from uh, bringing the troops home mm-hmm. um, advocates with state governments all the time in an attempt to try to get them to bring in more control over their national mm-hmm. guard forces. But I think this is something that we're going to see 
um, more and more as we go forward and probably mostly from more Republican bastions, but it could be liberal mm -hmm. ones as well. There's, I, it, it could, could go either way, but I could easily see places like Florida, places mm -hmm. like Alabama and Mississippi. Of course, Texas is, you know, so many of their personnel are down at the border mm -hmm. um, and they, they have no mission. You read articles about <laughs> it and they're not, they're not doing anything actively to help. But right. they are young people left in a, sh a shitty situation, and you have, you know, like, it's not, you know, going going to the southern border from Texas as opposed to going to Iraq from Texas, mm -hmm. you know, seems like such a jump. But mm -hmm. troops will end up dealing with a lot of the same problems on mm -hmm. the southern border that they would in Iraq, in Iraq in terms of mental health issues, if there's mm -hmm. nothing to do in terms of the bills at home that are mm -hmm. piling up because they had to go on this impromptu deployment that mm -hmm. absolutely had to happen. So if state governors are not willing to step in and say, I'm going to make a greater effort to balance that out, if for no mm -hmm. other reason to make sure that my state has mm -hmm. the appropriate assets and needs for humanitarian stuff, for stuff mm -hmm. that we actually do here, right. that the National Guard actually does some good. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that's a, a, a common point brought up about the Bush administration, because that when Katrina happened, you know. a great majority of Alabama's National Guard personnel, along with the states surrounding it, had been sent to Iraq. Yep. These and, and again, these these aren't these aren't big, huge foreign policy questions. These are simple American human questions mm -hmm. and people need to need to be answering them. Um and they need to be answering them in a uh, in a critical way. Yeah, I think that's probably the, the best is the overall point of our discussion is look at this stuff critically. It, the ghost of Kiev actually might be a ghost. Um, the, the dead child in Yemen dying of cholera is not, my, is not a ghost. No. I not bet, a ghost. you know, I, <laughs> I could I could go I could go to Yemen and learn the names of, of all the children with cholera. Mm -hmm. But I'm betting if I went to Ukraine, I would not learn that pilot's name. I don't no. think I, you know, the, no. and and again, you get one name, oh, that was a fake, oh, this, oh no, it yeah. was really this dude. That one right. was fake. The third dude, um, yes, he used to be a pilot, he died in 1981. You know, mm. it, it, and, 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 and those are the steps people have to go through, especially mm -hmm. with memes. We get right. memes thrown at us by the bucket mm -hmm. full these days. Mm -hmm. And it's and most of it's bullshit. If it's not bullshit, it's usually been contextualized to see more linear, smaller, mm -hmm. easier to solve. And it, it doesn't it, it leaves so much out of the discussion. Yeah. Um, well, um, well, Eric, I think that's uh, I think that's probably a good point for us to uh, wrap up. I, I agree. I, I enjoy the discussion. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, th thanks for being here. I'm uh, I'm hopeful we can get our uh, uh, our interviews uh, set up here in the in the near future to talk about what uh, some environmental things that are happening with uh, the military with spills, specifically with uh, with PFAS, with what mm -hmm. uh, people being poisoned. Um, the DOD trying to come up with an alternative to the firefighting foam that has been used for a, a very long time and destroys the uh, destroys the environment around it mm -hmm. and poisons service members and their families mm -hmm. and people in the surrounding area where the poisoning has happened. Yeah. Um, anyway, so thank you very much, everybody, for uh, joining us today on Fortress on a Hill. Um, we're going to be back real soon with more Ukraine commentary. There are a lot of 
different aspects that we didn't get to today, but we wanted to really hammer the media and our uh, what we've been seeing on uh, social media. So um, we hope we'll see you again. Take care, guys. Thank Thanks. You. We're on Twitter at Fortress on a Hill and also at Facebook.com at Fortress on a Hill. You can find our main blog page and our full collection of episodes at www.fortressonahill.com iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Patreon, Spotify. You name it, almost anywhere you listen, we're already waiting for you. And hey, we're always in the market for more Patreon supporters. Please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com. And if you're not into giving us a monthly payment, think about giving us a couple bucks on PayPal. The link is in the show notes. Skepticism is one's best armor. And never forget We'll see you next time. I hope you'll pay attention I will not